When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The BMW i4 M50. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Experience the power of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper as BMW M-engineered handling takes you through every twist and turn. The complete suite of intuitive technology keeps you connected. The pure performance keeps your heart racing. The BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. So I was in a domestic violence relationship for about eight years. I know you'll be all right, even when times get hard and you feel like you're in the dark, you will see just how beautiful life can be. When you soften your heart, you can finally start to live your truthiest life. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life, everybody. What's up? It's Lisa Haim. Hope you're all having a great end of your week. This week's episode, I'm having my first fangirl moment. Literally never had to say that phrase before but it's truly what it is for me. A few months ago, I found my way onto TikTok and I didn't really understand it. And then I did. I found this woman, Kelsey, and I was completely captivated by her story, her humor, the way she empowered other women, and the way she shared her story about domestic violence, surviving it, getting out of that relationship, and all the pain and trauma that carried with her into the present day. That's who our guest is today. Kelsey does talk about her experience, so a little content warning. We do talk about domestic violence and physical abuse. That being said, Kelsey is so much more than just serious. She's light. She's introspective. She truly embodies what it means to live your truthiest life. She also shares with us, which was interesting to me, how TikTok works. This is a woman whose life has done a complete 180 in the past year thanks to this one social media platform. Her income has completely changed. Her career has changed. She went from a behavior analyst working with kids with autism to a stay-at-home mom and full-time creator supporting her daughter, Kobe. 
and she has a new relationship. She's in a new romantic relationship. She's changed states where she lived. And it's really amazing to see what can happen when you try something new, I guess. And what I really love about TikTok is that it really does allow people who have important things to say to say them. I know it gets a bad reputation. We think that it's stupid, that all it does is promote young kids just repeating the same dances over and over again. But there's a lot more to this app when you find your way a little bit more through it. And Kelsey is empowering so many women to fight for their emotional freedom and physical safety. So I personally learned a lot from this episode and I get empowered by Kelsey every day and I hope you do too. Kelsey's computer kept dinging with notifications. We could not figure out how to turn it off. So it's a little distracting and you might think that it's your phone. I did my best to edit them out, but just wanna let you know that there's a few in there. It's not your phone, it's Kelsey's. As usual, I just wanna say thank you so much for supporting this podcast. The best way to support it is by leaving a review on iTunes and giving it a rating as well, and also sharing it on your social media. If this episode or any past episode resonates with you, please share, tag me, tag The Truthiest Life, tag Kelsey if it's this episode, so we can repost and know that you're really enjoying it. Also share with your family and friends if social media sharing isn't your thing. I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart for your support every single week, for allowing me to have these conversations that I otherwise wouldn't be having, or I wouldn't get to record at least, and making this dream a reality for me. I hope you all have a great week and I'll see you here next week. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. Today, I'm really excited for all of you to get to know somebody who I don't think you're familiar with, or maybe a few of you are. And it's somebody who I've gotten to know, although she hasn't gotten to know me, but I've gotten to know her these last few months. So welcome, Kelsey. Hi. (laughs) So Kelsey, you're actually, I think, one of the first guests that I've had on that I don't have like a real personal relationship with Mm -hmm. and you also didn't like come through some sort of a connection. So I am experiencing my first like fangirl moment, (laughs) I guess, you know, um, because I found Kelsey on TikTok a couple of months ago, maybe November, December, and I have no clue how I found you. But (laughs) once I found you, I was hooked on you. Everyone else on TikTok, you know, I'm like swiping, like, okay, next, next. This is interesting, funny. But once I got to your page, I was like drawn in, dropped in, going back, trying to figure out what was going on. So you're magnetic and very charismatic. Thank you. It's definitely been a roller coaster this last year of wildness. Yeah. So that's kind of what I want to start on, I guess. There's so much that I want to get on today because you provide so much depth to your audience. And that's really what the truthiest life is about. There's obviously not obvious to listeners, but there happens to be a lot of drama that surrounds Kelsey and TikTok. (laughs) And maybe we'll touch on that, but that's like, you know, I'm not here to really get into that. I'm here to get into who you are, what you've endured, because what you've endured, many women, maybe even men have also endured and you're really helping to give a voice to, I think, a lot of people who are sitting in silence. But before we get to all that good stuff, I found your page, I was sucked in and then drama started to unfold, but I was kind of new. So I was like, why do all these people have issues with Kelsey? Like I'm confused. Everything's going on. So perfectly Kelsey was your account. Almost 2 million followers, I think. Yep. You just hit two. Yeah. And then I was banned. (laughs) By TikTok? Yes. And is that for a good reason or? I don't think so, but they might. So I was paid by a company to make a post, like an an advertisement. It's supposed to be more on the sex education, but for females, 
Okay. <laughs> so, That's fine. But it's supposed to be for women. And I was like, I'm all about women empowerment. Like, we're cool absolutely. And I'm comfortable talking about sex and I'm comfortable talking about any of those type of issues. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. And it was a significant amount of money. So I was like, sure, I'll post an ad. And I just pretty much talked about the company. I was fully clothed as always. This is probably my outfit I was wearing, like sweatshirt, sweatpants. But I basically, it got taken down for nudity and sexual activity. And then within two days, my entire account was banned for nudity and sexual activity. That is actually ridiculous. I think so too. And a really big problem, actually. I think so too, because the fact that we can't even speak about just sex doesn't have to be that big of a deal. (laughs) Like You can't even... I I think that there's sex and then there's like, you know, a lot of my audience comes from the wellness world, like sex and sensuality, especially as a woman owning it, even in the absence of a man and having needs is a conversation that needs to be had. So it sounds like a big misunderstanding that is, you know, impacting your life and what became your career. Although you've bounced back remarkably, but (laughs) yeah, so you, you get blocked and then you come back and you're really funny about it. Your account of 2 million, you know, gets taken from you. It's obvious you have a loyal fan base and you're, you know, regrowing your new account, which is currently called canceled with Kelsey with a K. We'll link everything below so everyone (laughs) can find you on all the social platforms. But I mean, that is a huge deal when it sounds like, you know, you have a four-year-old and your income is, has become reliant on TikTok, right? Yes. And and they took money too from me. So I had, it was only like the beginning of the month and I had already got about $2,000 in my creator fund. So that month I was looking to make close to 5,000, if not more. And they took that 2,000, didn't pay me nothing. So my audience, I think is more familiar with Instagram. And can you tell us about what the creator fund is just to kind of understand how it works? Yeah. So you can get into their creator fund. I think you just have to have like 10,000 followers, 10,000 views across your videos within so many days. Um, and you have to be over 18. And then once you get in it, you're paid based on the amount of views your videos get. So if you get a lot of views, you get more money, but it's basically based on just views. So then they pay you every month or you can take money from your creator fund every month, but you have to wait 30 days to take that money. So then if your account gets banned, you don't get that money. So that was like money that I was income that I was expecting to receive that I didn't. And then building my new page, I really didn't start building up those, that view amount. I still haven't. I've I've actually, I, my page gets quite a lot of views still. So that was what we kind of laughed about a little bit. Cause I was like, you know, I thought I you know, was going to have to start from scratch. Luckily I do have such a loyal following and so many great people who do specifically go to my page daily, just to watch my videos that I was making close to 60% already, almost right out the gate of what I was. So that was, it was like, I mean, there's still going to be that gap where I, I don't get that income because they took that money. And then there was that gap where I wasn't getting any views, but then so far it's built back up. And then it's kind of, it goes like this. So like, I've learned one big lesson is this is not reliable income. It should just be my hopefully I get it extra spending money. So I've had to really work my life around figuring out my new income because none of it's stable. Nothing on my social media is stable income. 
Right. And I've been on social media for, I'm a registered dietitian, but I've been on social media for like five or six years and I kind of accidentally ended up as an influencer, but I've never personally been fully reliant on that income, but I have many friends who have, and yes, it certainly has that, that instability, but most people listening now probably think that, you know, you've always been just an influencer. So yeah. What was life a year, a year and a half ago for you? So I own a facility for kids with autism and it's called ACE Autism Center for Enrichment. And I started that about five years ago when I was pregnant, because the moment I got pregnant, I was like, I got to figure this out because I knew her father was a deadbeat in that sense, in the sense of didn't have a real job, still lived with his mom type of. So I was like, I got to get it together. So I actually started this company. Things kind of fell perfectly into place for me. The company I was working for was shutting down. One of the coworkers I had was ready to dive in with me and start this company because there was one client in particular who no place in the nation would take her. She was considered that aggressive and that on that scale of difficulty that no place in the nation we had tried to get her into inpatient hospitals too like unless she was going to be in a psych ward out of state nobody was taking her and we weren't prepared to go jump to a psych ward by that point um, because we knew what we were doing and we were great with her so I was like we have to start our own company otherwise what's gonna happen to her so we just dove in basically feet first started a company immediately got a network with this client insurance provider, started the rest, took all of the clients from the last place when they closed. And so I had a client base starting out super lucky. So I'm a board certified behavior analyst. So that's like my educational background is applied behavior analysis and autism. So your day to day was going to a center working with um, individuals with autism, children. Yes. And and taking care of the therapists, how to do everything I needed them to do. And then cue TikTok, what happened? So quarantine happened. We had to shut down for a month when all of that was going on last year at the end of March. So I was in quarantine, but I was still working from my home. So I still had a few clients that I've had since they were like three and they're like nine, 10 now. um, And their parents just sent them to my house. And so I was basically doing their online homeschooling with my four-year-old in the house. I had a couple couple of therapists that were comfortable coming to my house and helping. And so we kind of just opened my house as a small little therapy place. But then, so they were there and I would do my consults. When my consults were done, people kept telling me over and over, you would be great on TikTok. You just have a TikTok personality. And I was like, I don't know how to TikTok. I'm a grown woman. Stop. <laughs> Not getting on this child's app. Like I was refusing for so long. And finally I was bored in quarantine one night. So I downloaded it. And I did one and it like real quick got like 2,500 maybe views like super fast or no, it got, it got like 12,000 total, I think. But then I got 2,500 followers like that. Mm. And I was like, Oh, okay. Let me make another one. So I made another one. Then I made another one. And then I had one where I was like doing that. I don't know, dancing to baby shark, but it like dropped that beat. And I was like, when a mom here, like whatever. And I was like cleaning up toys and it got like 30,000 views. And then all of a sudden my followers are going up. So I was like, okay, maybe I am good at this. So I just kept doing voiceovers for a while or silly things. And they kept getting views and kept getting views and followers. And then I did some voiceover about Obama and Trump. And honestly, I could have cared less. I just thought the voiceover <laughs> was funny, but it caused so much controversy. <laughs> so it's like all these people came and were like either loving it or hating it. And then it was on Twitter and people are like, you're blowing up on Twitter. And I'm like, I don't even have a Twitter. What are you talking about? Yeah. I didn't know how anything worked, but it was my first real viral video. I looked a hot mess. Yeah. I had no makeup on. I was quite tipsy. My forehead looked like a mile long 
And I'm like, that, that went viral as this app. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. But I started having fun with it. And then I had a couple more go viral. I started that the first time I told one piece of my story. So I, one of my viral videos is everyone's reactions when I got pregnant and I made it funny. I made it silly. Like my baby daddy leaving to go cheat. I like played his part. And then I played like my sister happy. Cause she, I was the disappointment. My mom, I think I had her drinking wine, just happy that I knew who the father was. Cause she, she always had judgments, uh, but like I made it funny. Um, and that one kind of went blew up a little bit, but that's like where that was over the summer and it just kept going. But I was, I think, trying to highlight and what I thought was that your life, lifestyle, what your brain does on a day-to-day, as well as your finances, changed drastically. Yes. So then, yeah, the Creator Fund opened in August. And that's when my kind of path switched because I was then making money by just making the videos I was already making. So I was Which spending more time doing that. Seem easy for you, or yeah. is there a lot more that At goes into first, it? First, it was easy, but then it started getting there. Started like there was a point where there was a lot of pressure. I felt like like, like I have to come up with all these ideas. I've never done this before. This is not what I do. I was just being weird. And then I started losing myself here and there, trying to figure out all these things. And I was like, I'm just people followed me because of just me, just being me. Mm-hmm. Once I uh, realized that it, it was me and my personality, not these different ideas that all these other people had, I began to slowly like suppress all that, make that go away and just start being myself again. And then things kind of started happening on their own, but the money started coming in and deals. But I mean, again, huge for somebody like you with a four-year-old, a sole provider of your family. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love what you said that you kind of got lost a little bit and then came back. I, I mean, my, I'm doing it all the time too. And like, I feel like that's, we don't hear people talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think coming from you, especially once my audience heads over to your page, it's even more like, wow, this, this woman with the strength and the confidence also has her moments of like, just getting lost a little bit, pivoting a little bit and then coming back. And it's really about the coming back. And I'm just curious if you could provide any insight as to what felt or how did you know that it felt in genuine when you were, you know, doing it for the likes or the, or because other people were doing it or because what was trendy versus just showing up as Kelsey. So for me, I've, I'm really in tune with my body at this point, my mind, I've done a lot of yoga, a lot of meditation. I do a lot of spiritual work. So I'm very trusting in the universe. And I pick up on what I call signs easier, but my body gives them a lot. So like that pressure feeling, when I start feeling like heaviness in my chest, or like I start getting anxious a lot, overthinking everything again, and I would have to revisit all of my practice to kind of work through those constantly. That's to me, the universe saying, this isn't the right path. And I would start to like, I would have to do medicate. I do meditation. So like I would do meditation and try to refine myself each time. But then like one of the times I lost myself, I had stopped doing yoga, like recently, stopped doing yoga, stopped meditating. And those signs all would come where heavy chest or I'd have, I get like knots in my throat. And I realized this just isn't for me. This isn't what I want. And then drama. So again, yes, for some reason, drama follows me. I don't like it. But there were points where I was like, like one month, I made a significant amount of money on TikTok because of how January, because of how much drama I was in. And Mm. people can't seem to get enough drama for some reason. And so a part Mm -hmm. of me was like, screw it, I'll do it, whatever I got to do for the views, because I'm getting paid and money is I need this, I want that. And then 
it's so overwhelming though. So eventually it all catches up and you're like, no, I don't want to live this type of lifestyle. This isn't who I am. I'll figure out how to make money another way because this is too stressful. And I started like my hair got really thin. Like my face was breaking out like crazy. Like the stress took over my body. I started like seeing it like physically appear. You know what I mean? I handle stress at this point really well mentally. So then I don't notice it until it's literally taking my body down. We're the same. But I think a lot of people in my experience, again, like I'm a healthcare provider. So I deal with a lot of people who come with the struggling of the symptoms. The last place they look oftentimes is within. So it's like, okay, why is my throat closing? Why do I have this heaviness in my chest? Let me call a doctor. This doctor doesn't know. Let me go to the next doctor. And it's not to say that there's not sometimes something serious going on. But, you know, for everyone listening, just to know that like when you tap into that stillness, something comes up. And that answer is usually what you were resisting, which is like, you know, don't look towards the drama, even though it's all the money and it's not worth it for your happiness. For your health and your health, like to be like with self-love and all these things that I constantly preach, your health and what you put in your body and what you do with your body and your mind should be your start and your finish. Like that, if you're not worried about yourself and what you're doing, with yourself, mind, body, spirit, all of it, you'll lose yourself. And I've done that so many times. I'm like, I'm not, I refuse to lose myself for a break for anyone ever again. And then I realized I'm doing it to myself. It's not anyone else doing it to me. I'm choosing this. And that's a big thing that I think people forget is like, I've never gone on there and been like, I don't want drama. Leave me out. I was like, I know what I was doing. I said, Mm -hmm. I'm here for the money guys. But then I was like, what am I doing? Because I really don't want to use my platform in that way. It started out. I wanted to tell my story. I wanted to help people. And then I got lost in all this madness. And I wanted to find a boyfriend and I wanted to find this. And it's just been all over. Then I was like, I need to bring it back to what it was originally meant for. And I think so far I've done a really good job of doing that. Like I used to be called the clapback queen. I spent a lot of time putting people in their place. Mm. I was like, why? Am I? And somebody said something to me once it was on one. I think we were in Tennessee for a charity event. And she said, why do you continue to do this? Why do you continue to do clapbacks? Why do you feel you need to? And I, I laughed and I was like, it's made my whole platform. That's why mm. I do it. I think it's funny. And then I sat there for a while and I was like, she's right. Why? That's really not a good reason because of how much, cause we were talking about how much it takes from me, how much yep. energy it is, how consuming it is. And I was like, is being funny worth losing myself or worth putting out this image that I'm this tough, hard exterior. I know everything and I'll put you in your plate, whatever the case may be that people are perceiving when mm-hmm. I just think I'm trying to be funny. Is that really worth my mental health and my physical health? and my spiritual health. And eventually it was a big no. Obviously, Curtis has helped me see a lot of this. Like he's brought so much calm to my life and has helped me find my my grounding again, per se. And so it's been, I've been able to reflect on a lot of things because it's like he brought some stillness to me that I was missing again because I got lost. And I think that, you know, why I wanted you on the show is a lot to do with your story and Curtis. And before we get there, I just want to share with you that, you know, I feel like I too, in, in the beginning of my Instagram career, I was very, Instagram was kind of my platform. Mm-hmm. I was very clapbacky. I would see what yeah. other people were doing, call them out on, you know, diety type mindsets that I don't agree with. And I did it in a way that was like sarcastic and yep. and all those ways. And it no longer 
fits me and it can feel scary in moments to walk away from that because that's what gets you you go girl and the you right. know the likes and the follows but at the same time like you said like it didn't feel genuine that being said again i've been in this for a long time i have found myself over the last few years becoming too soft to appease every single person and I found you and then I found, you know, all of your people and like we come from very different worlds and like I it would be amazing to meet in real life. But like all of your your mom talk friends and everybody and that woman bunny that you recently posted with <laughs> and went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> She's great. It might not be my style to do that like at any point, like, you know, all the time, but it has reminded me not to take shit from every single person to the point where you're watered down and nothing's left of you. So you guys have like given me back, not that snazziness, not that sarcasticness, but a little bit of like, wait a minute, why, why am I so scared now to show up? Because every time I did show up, somebody said something and then I changed. And and so I do want to thank you. And again, I'm just trying to really let my audience know like what I get out of your page and why it has been so impactful to me as a woman moving into your story, which is, you know, I, I was most shocked, I think, to learn that what you have endured, uh, so many people have endured or are enduring. Can you tell us a little bit about that part of your story? Yeah. So I was in a domestic violence relationship for about eight years. And I met him when I was 21. Um, I didn't love myself at all when I met him. I a very broken type of human in a sense that I had childhood trauma. I was young. I never learned how to love myself. I had never seen real love except for like my grandparents. And I just, I didn't know what a healthy love was. So I got in this relationship. It was extremely manipulative right off the bat. A lot of mental and emotional abuse for the first several years. Um, It didn't get physical till about year four, but when it did, I was already so low with who I was as a person, it was, it felt like I deserved it in a sense. So these things would happen and I condone them because you, you stay with the love you think you deserve. And I didn't love myself at all. And I had hated myself to a sense of, I allowed this person to treat me this way because I felt I deserved it in some sense, wherever that came from. But so when I got physical, there were so many different emotions. I mean, I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to tell anybody because I had talked about how great he was of a person. I was constantly saying all these things, but then it's this monster behind the scenes, but I wouldn't let them see that because if I got through those bad times, they they do it like a roller coaster. You got your highs, but then the lows are extremely low. So it got very physical to a point where I've had a broken elbow. I've had black eyes. I've had busted lips. I've had my entire thigh, black and blue, mainly black. It took a while to turn blue and then purple. Like it was very deep, terrifying bruises. I've quit jobs because I couldn't show up because of how miserable I was. I've gone to therapists through it multiple. I went multiple times. That was all just my domestic violent one. Um, I People asked me when I left and it was when I had my kid. So I got pregnant in 2016. Um, he cheated my whole pregnancy. I found out about probably some of them. I'm sure there's way more. I was informed of at least four different occasions from when I was six weeks pregnant, five months pregnant, seven months pregnant, and then nine months pregnant. He choked me when I was eight months pregnant while I was driving. So I'm like, and I mean, I talked about this earlier uh, to someone else that when he was choking me, all I could think was just stay still and quiet. That's how you protect your baby. You have to stay still and quiet. And I did. And he eventually stopped. 
Um, and I was fine in that situation. But then when she was born, he hated having to work. He had to work to pay me 500 bucks a month. That's not even half of the rent, but he had to work a nine to five to do that. And he felt he was better than a nine to five and shouldn't have to work. So he was often come home with cash and throw it at me in my face. And this is what I'm holding my baby. So she's only weeks old. He's expecting me to be back fit and in shape. There's all kinds of stuff. So I'm like mental, verbal, emotional, physical, all the abuse was happening. I was called fat at like three, four weeks pregnant, a lazy fat whale because I should be back fit, all kinds of things that I was shamed for or just told other women have to do it. So I don't see why you can't. Different, just demeaning, degrading. I'm the only one taking care of the kid. He, like, he wasn't taking care of her at all or helping in any way. So, and she was a cluster feeder. So she was feeding every 15 minutes for about three months, the first three months. I'm pregnant right now. So your story is hitting differently. <laughs> it's not a cluster feeder because that was wild. And I wasn't producing enough. I mean, when I say she was tiny, like to put, I want to put it into perspective when I get into the story where he hit me with her, she was in preemie clothes. So how for, premature was she or was she not? Wasn't. No, oh, she, she was just tiny. She was a week early, but she was only five pounds. Like she's oh. very, very little. Um, yeah, so, but she was in preemie clothes for two months because I, I just wasn't producing enough. So finally, I think at two months, we started supplementing. That's what me and my doctor talked about. And she got her weight back on. But it was at two months. She was eight weeks old when he first put his hands on me with her at this point, the first time it got violent after that one in the pregnancy. So we were both sleeping. I woke up to feed her, but I fed her laying down. Um, and then she went back to sleep. And so I was trying to go back to sleep. It was about 7 a.m. He decides to get up, start blaring music in our bedroom. I had a four bedroom house, a whole workout room. Could have gone anywhere um, in our bedroom. He wanted to work out because there was a mirror. So he's blaring music at 7 a.m. And I'm like, can you please pick any other room trying to sleep? And he basically got mad that I would ask him to leave or move. I'm not sure. Threw my fan across the room and shattered it on the wall. So I'm just laying there and I'm like, you're being ridiculous. Go somewhere else. And he was like, you take her somewhere else. Go sleep on the couch. And of course, I am. I used to be a big smart ass. So I was like, well, recent studies show that's how kids die. So let's not <laughs> do that. <laughs> and of course, that triggered him. And he started screaming at me, all these mean, horrible things, all these terrible names. I was told to shut the F up. I don't know how many times. So finally I did. I was like, fine. So I was just laying there and I just locked. I was just staring at Kobe. I was going to say locked eyes, but she was asleep, just staring, keeping my focus on her. He's screaming, carrying on, and I'm just not responding. But not responding then turned into I'm ignoring him. Mm -hmm. How dare you ignore me? Oh, you think you're being funny? Okay, we'll see how funny this is. And he came over and he punched me in the face. And then he began choking me while I'm still holding her and choking me and lifting me up off of the bed. I'm still clinging to her. I finally get away from him. I had scratches all down my arm and my neck and all across my back. But I get away to the other side of the bed, trying to not let him touch her. Um, he comes over and he rips her from my arms. Like the memory still like I can smell my bedroom. I can smell. I can see how I know the color of the sheets. I can feel them when I think about this memory because it's so engraved. Um, but her head fell backwards. The worst memory I think I have, but it scared me for the first time for her life. So it was no longer my life that was in danger. And it also made me realize how much I didn't love myself because I continued to put my life in danger for this person who clearly didn't love me or care about me. And so in that moment, it was like this huge revelation because, and I, I say this all the time, 
victims of abuse, they stay because leaving is typically scarier than staying. And they don't leave until staying becomes scarier than leaving. And that usually does happen with physical abuse. I tell people all the time, the mental and emotional, that's the long-term damage. And it's probably the worst because you don't have that fear for your life. So you don't leave and you're stuck or you think you're stuck for that matter. Uh, But the physical is what wakes you up because you have to decide, do you want to live or do you want to die? And it makes me sad to think about because of how many times I was like, I guess I'll just die. Like, and I was okay with that being the possible outcome until she came. And then when she came, obviously I was not okay with her being that possible outcome. And it was that moment in my life that I chose us. We got to get out because it could be her. One of us isn't going to make it out alive or both. People often ask how I got out. And I did have, I do have an amazing support system and I still do. And even when it would go up and down with them, like, cause I would stay, they would just distance themselves, but they would never leave. Mm. So if I called, no matter how many times I called, they would always show up. So I was very, very lucky to have that safety net, which so many women don't. The safety levels are so different across all these situations. And I'm like, I would, it would break my heart if I told someone what to do and it ended up in a death. Like, I don't know how. I would be able to live with that. So I have a really hard time trying to find that balance of sharing my story, giving advice, and then letting people know at the end of the day, you have to make sure you're safe. Yeah. And it's, I mean, a very responsible kind of disclaimer that you're putting on after coming off of your own roller coaster of just sharing, this was my ticket to freedom. But it sounds like, you know, Kobe really was your freedom and it's saving grace. And it's amazing that it was only four years ago, like the amount of self work, it sounds that you've done those building blocks in the last four years alone is just four years is nothing, right? (laughs) Well, that's it. I tell people like I began the work in it. When I was five months, I remember him being on the phone, I found out he cheated and he was calling me all these terrible names. It was all my fault somehow that he cheated. But I remember him saying these terrible things about how he couldn't wait till his daughter grew up so he could tell her how much of a C-U-N-T her mother was and how much of a, or whatever. Mm -hmm. He was so excited to teach her that I was the bad person. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my defining moments because I realized in that moment that I didn't like him anymore. I still loved him, but I didn't like him. And I knew in that moment, like the universe is trying to prepare me to leave. And so I started doing a lot of that spiritual work during and working on, but I also, they say with pregnancy, sometimes it knocks you sense into you. So like prior to pregnancy, I was a little unbalanced. My chemical imbalance was so I had a really bad anxiety. I had depression. I had all of those things going on, but I was like sane pregnant. It was like for the first time in my Mm. life, I felt sane. And so I was reading research and it said like pregnancy can fixed chemical imbalance. That's not the word, but change, change them. And, and yeah, you, you needed the, the altering. Yeah. So I, I felt sad. Like we used to make jokes about it. Everyone was like, Oh, she's, she's no longer crazy. Wait till Kobe comes out. We'll see if she's crazy again. Like it was a big joke. So I was like, why do I feel normal? <laughs> so that helped me because it helped me to see things from a whole different perspective, right? Different brain. You yeah, were given a different literally brain. A whole different brain. Yeah. And I was like, this is unacceptable. So I really <laughs> started doing that self work in it, which led me to have just a little bit more power for when it was time to go. And then I began really going full force into my self-love journey. That's what I call it. (laughs) It's great to also just think about it, like in these more bite-sized pieces, rather than like, I need to show up tomorrow and love myself and have the courage to make these great changes and change my life and change my career and change everything. It's just like, it starts with a little kinder, like a little spark within you. And you got to run with that. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? 
You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50. And it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to be. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required at your portrayal. Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to GetMy750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at GetMy750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with GetMy750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out GetMy750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at GetMy750.com. Just go to GetMy750.com or Google Get My 750 Cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's GetMy750.com. GetMy750.com. So obviously, you know, this is hard stuff to talk about, and I thank you for sharing a bit of it with us. You know, you shared on your TikTok a really powerful video with audio that was about 97%. Does that mean that 97% of people experience domestic abuse? That one's actually about sexual assault, sexual harassment. So 97% of women have been sexually harassed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was raped when I was 19. By him or no? no. no. Um, It was a random guy in college. I tell that story on there, but that was, yeah, I was 19 then. But again, that that's one of the things that led to me not loving myself, Mm -hmm. me not having any self-worth, any self-respect, which then when you bring in a narcissist at 21 with somebody who has no self-worth, no love for herself, no self-respect, I'm an easy target. Especially when the highs are so high, the lows are so low, and then you're back to the highs are so high. Like you have such a 
intense personality. I don't mean intense bad. I just mean you have a like, um, <laughs> you bring such intensity. So when somebody is going to love you hard in those highs, mm-hmm. I feel like it's easy from what I'm witnessing. I'm an internet stranger, keep in mind, but I feel like it's really easy for you to jump fully back in oh, yeah. and forget everything else. Yep. And I would, and I'm a very forgiving person too. Like typically I don't hold a lot of grudges. Like you say, sorry. I'm like, okay, cool. I might not put myself back in the situation anymore, but I've learned that, but I'm a very forgiving person. If you say you're sorry, or I think you're sorry, like I'll forgive you and I'll move on. Like it never happened. And I'm usually, I'm one of those people, like I trust you right off the bat. You don't have to prove it. I just do it. I trust Mm -hmm. you. I just feel Mm -hmm. like everyone should be trusted. And then I usually get hurt. Now I'm working on a lot of that, but I still feel like in this moment now I can still say, I still jump in full throttle. It's, it literally is my personality. I jump in, ready to go. And that describes my relationship now. I was going to say, we are we are watching that. And I came in at the jumping off point. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been really interesting. Before we get to Curtis, I just want to ask you, and I'm sure this is a work in progress for you perhaps, but when it comes to sharing such vulnerable stuff, you're clearly sharing really important things that are changing everyone out there's lives who feel really alone and stuck. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's a hard story for you to tell, to think about, to ruminate in, especially when you're now kind of shifting your life into a really beautiful, what appears to be a really beautiful relationship and family. Do you have boundaries to sharing your story or answering questions related to this when it comes to the public? So I have very specific boundaries when, if we're discussing things like the mother of Curtis's children. I, I refuse to have those conversations publicly right now. We're good, but yeah. I don't think it's appropriate to share our relationship or anything about their relationship or anything about their, like their business is their business. So I, I usually don't speak about that. I just started speaking about my rape. That was the first time I made that, but before I didn't, that was my first time really opening about that one. For talking about the domestic stuff, no. I love sharing it all at this point. Now, if I'm like having a day where I'm feeling overwhelmed, I might not be as open to it. Um, It might take me a second longer. Like I had somebody ask me about a month ago, can you please share your story again? It's been a long time and I will go long times without talking about it. And it's more like re-energizing. Of course. Fueling to get back to that point. And I told her, I was like, you know, give me, give me a couple or a month or a couple weeks or a month. And I'll try to come up with something because also figuring out how to share it is important to me. That's my biggest boundaries because I have to be very responsible with how I share it. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter who's going to grow up and she's going to know this story and it's going to be public information at this point. So she's going to hear the story probably even before I get to have my time to talk to her about it. She'll come ask me about it because of how public it is. So I want to be very responsible out of respect for her. Um, she does have a relationship with her father. So, so I want to make sure that I'm not oh. coming on in a bashing way or out of any type of emotional way, but just strictly, this is my story and I'm allowed to tell it and I'm going to tell it and no one's going to stop me from telling it. This is how it went. This is what happened and try to keep it as clean cut as possible. So do you have full custody or no? <laughs> yeah. So I have full soul custody and full physical custody. He beat up someone else in September. So he was, he's facing big boy, big boy charges. Now I did tell his attorney, I wouldn't speak on whatever agreement they come to. So that's one thing that I have been 
people that I need to be censored on or asked to be? And I said, sure. Now you can look it up online. So it's public information that they were felony three charges. Mm. So that I can say. So he's working, he's doing whatever he's supposed to be doing for that. He's in court for it right now. Whatever he ends up getting, I'm not sure exactly what they don't want me to talk mm-hmm. about. That's public record. But so he was getting supervised visitation like two hours a week for a couple of months. It took him a long time to do that because he did call me when he first got out because we had just started co-parenting, just barely started, finally started communicating. We usually communicate through his parents, just had started back to jail, called me to ask for my support. (laughs) Sir, (laughs) you better hope I don't get called in to support the other woman because I'll show up to testify. Don't ever call me to support you after beating up a woman. That's never going to happen. I don't know what storyline he thought was happening there, but I basically gave him a huge lecture. I was absolutely not, but you still are the father to my child. And you have came in her life once again and built a relationship once again, all for you to once again, not be present. And I was like, and that's not fair to her. And so out of like, for her, you need to show up. And by show up, he wasn't allowed to see her. So I was like, she has an iPad, FaceTimer. You can call her as many times as you want. Maintain that relationship while you're going through this. She deserves that. She doesn't deserve this back and forth crap. She didn't do anything. So I tried very hard to get him to keep his relationship with her. He did not call, didn't call, didn't set up his time because he was mad at me because I wouldn't support him. So he didn't call her, didn't show up, didn't set up his supervision time because in our agreement, he was allowed to have supervised visitation if this happened again. So then I I ended up threatening his mom, not like his mom, but (laughs) I said, I have a million followers. I'll air all this out with his government name if he doesn't show up for his daughter because she kept asking. And it was so (sighs) hard as a mom to have her coming up where's my dad? Why don't I get to see him anymore? What did he do now? And she's three Mm. and she can talk and ask those questions that I'm seeing. Like, I don't know how to answer this stuff because I want to say he's a dick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He beats women. He's a bad person, but I can't say that to her. Mm. I try very hard not to speak bad about him at all in front of her because I know one day she'll need to tell her own story and she'll learn it all and come up with it on her own. And I don't want her to think I ever kept her from making her own decisions. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard because she's so young and safety is on the table. But so it's, it's a constant balancing act here. But basically, yeah, he didn't. But then, so his mom set up the supervision time. And so then he started getting him. He, he started showing up to him because they were keeping record if he did. So Don't then he showed up. But yeah, so now we just finalized our newest custody agreement because I moved. So it's long distance now. Um, so there's long distance parenting, but obviously it's different in our case because we can't necessarily do supervised agency since I'm gone, but he can't necessarily be unsupervised. So we did come up with an agreement that he sees it, he'll see her about seven weeks out of the year and he has to be supervised the entire duration with his parents for the next two years. So Kobe will go with him for one year period, one week periods at a time. <laughs> yeah. There are two that'll be two week long, like in the summer. Okay. Long, and that's the longest that they'll have is two weeks because it's usually six weeks straight in the summer. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. No. Yeah. That's a long stretch. Yeah. We're not there yet. We got to build some, yeah. some trust and yeah. stuff. There. So if he can make it two years, finish out whatever sentencing he gets and whatever, it all has to be completely closed. The case basically has to be completely closed. They're saying it'll take two years. So you just mentioned that you moved and this is kind of going back to a little bit more exciting love life yeah. stuff. Sorry, I run off on tangents too. So. No, it's important. It's important <laughs> stuff, but it has been really kind of 
fun. I'm like, a, I think I'm like a decently intuitive person, but you have a new boyfriend, Curtis, you just moved in with him and his kids mm-hmm. to a different state. This mm-hmm. is, you know, like you said, you dive in mm-hmm. and people listening are probably like, well, this sounds like a really bad idea, yeah. you know, <laughs> that don't have context, but you show a lot of it on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I love Curtis. I really do. I have to say like, he just, he feels safe yeah. and you feel safe yeah. with him. It feels like. I've felt safe since I was a child. So that's huge for me. Well, it's also just, again, really amazing just to pat you on the back of like, I grew up in some chaos too, different types, but my nervous system became really shattered and frazzled. And I thought that was just who I was. And my husband as well has been really critical in helping me figure that out. But I mean, it's really amazing that you're in the last four years alone, like establishing a new relationship to your nervous system with yoga and meditation and that body awareness that you talked about in the beginning. So it's, it's just amazing to think like, okay, we grew up this way. We have side effects. I don't know if that's the right word I want to go for, but some of them can be kind of rectifiable with the right environment and work and the right thinking. So a big thing that I learned is you can rewire your brain and so like your brain has ruts. And certain situations, your brain immediately goes into whatever rut it's been doing for so long. Mm -hmm. And you can rewire those, I call them ruts. I don't know. I look at it like a a road, a path. Mm -hmm. Um, You can rewire that by the moment your brain starts to put you into that rut, stop it. Like, I didn't have to be like this. That's not what's happening. Remind yourself. Like a lot of the times I have to remind myself I'm safe. That's one of my big things. No, I'm safe. The universe is protecting me. I'm okay. I don't have to go down that path and worry. I know I'm safe. And then I'll say like three, whatever the, whatever I was thinking, whatever negative thought happened, I'll switch it and say three positive things in that moment. Or I'll take myself into a mirror and I'll look at myself and you stop it right now. (laughs) But I'm trying to alter my way of thinking. And so instead of looking like with when I started breaking out from all the stress I've been going through, instead of looking in the mirror, just on like some self-love and being like, wow, you look terrible. Your, your acne is terrible. It's messing up your, like whatever the case, I would, I would start going in on myself and be like, no, you are so gorgeous. You have acne because you are dealing with life and it is <laughs> difficult and you are showing it and it's okay because you're conquering it. And I had to constantly, instead, queen. Yeah, instead of being all hypercritical and tearing myself down, the moment I start, I stop it and I switch it and I start to talk to myself different. And the way you talk to yourself, the way you talk, period. it's vibrations. It's putting something out there. And that's the universe law of attraction and law of vibration. All of those universal laws I live by at this point, because I noticed when I started speaking the life I wanted, it became, I literally spoke my reality into existence by just continuing to manifest what I deserved and what I wanted for myself. And I started feeling each day, like I already got it. I started appreciating all the little things I love. When I stopped worrying about finding the love of a man and started realizing the love I have of Kobe, how much that child loves me. I was so content with it just being her and I forever, just because that love is so powerful and it's the love I want. Like it's just real and it's honest and it's true. And we are in this right or die for each other, no matter what. And we just have that relationship. And I was so fine with that being the rest of my life. And I started appreciating what I had. And when I started appreciating the abundance I was living in, I only kept getting more. I think that people don't realize like you have so much every day, even when you don't have a ton, you have something to be grateful for. And when you start focusing on that good, that good gets so much better. 
And I'm a living example of it. Truly. And again, in just a year, the way your life has transformed, just to break that down, you, you know, were a behavior analyst. That's the right term, right? Yes. Behavior analyst, you owned your own center, pandemic hit, TikTok starts exploding, you're getting extra income. I think I'm missing a good portion because I came in late, but a man enters your life, I think by way of TikTok. Is Kurt, did you meet T- Curtis on TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so it's funny with Curtis is I actually, I actually dated someone before him off of TikTok. I got a wind of that, but yeah, I couldn't figure it out. And it was like a out. big, super fast again, like super intense right away. And then super crash and burn right away. Like, oh, like it happened super fast. And old me would have sat in that. Oh, I'm heartbroken. Oh, no one's going to love me. Oh, and I would have sat in it. I gave myself one day. I said, you have one day to feel sorry for yourself. You have one day to feel sad. And then you get your ass back up. Mm -hmm. I gave myself that day. And then I started making sure I got up. I showered. I did my makeup. I did my hair. I put on nice clothes. I made funny TikToks. I just kept doing things. I went to the clinic. I hadn't been, I'd been off and on at the clinic because of TikTok. So I made sure to go there because those kids always make me happy. Mm. Go do my nails. I made sure to take care of myself. And I set time aside to make sure that I was doing that. And then all of a sudden I was fine. And I was able to do, like, I also practice non-attachment and the art of letting go. And so I was able to so easily let it go. So I was like, that one wasn't for me. That one wasn't for me because something better is coming. But it's hard when the internet is watching it. And oh my God, that was the it. tough part. Yes. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's intense. Like so many people watched it and so many people watched it crash. And you have all these people who come in and they're like, yeah, I told you he was going to leave you because you're this and you're that. And all these oh. people are like, and it's like, oh my God. And you sit there and you're like, well, are you right? And you're like, no, you sound crazy. You only have a profile picture. Yeah. You don't even have a profile picture. It, user one, two, nine, yeah. six, four, two, one. I'm like, yeah, it's not going to happen today. Not, not today, today, Satan. <laughs> so I'd be like, I'm not, you know, I refuse to listen to those people, but that was, that took a lot of work too, to make sure I don't. Cause every now and then they would drag me in. I was like, what am I doing? I don't even know these people. Why would I care what they think of me? But that took a lot of work to make sure that I wasn't caring about what all these randoms thought about me and knowing that their opinion doesn't define me. Their opinion isn't my business. They can have it and stay over there or they can come to my page and have it. It brings more views. But either way, I'm not going to let my energy have any space with that. But that came crashing down. But I so easily let it go. I was like, okay, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to move on. And I'm not going to restrict myself. That was a big thing I wanted to work on in that. Not saying, well, now I'm not going to love. It hurt me. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm ready to be in love. I know I'm ready. He wasn't. I am. And I'm going to keep loving just as hard as before. Uh, I put myself out there again. I was like, I want to date. I want to do this. And the next thing you know, TikTok made me like TikTok's bachelorette for a second. And they were throwing guys at me left and right. I was loving it. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That is the best. And Curtis was one that was thrown at me. They were like, you should check him out. It's funny because I was in a live and somebody dropped his name. And I was like, well, how old is he? And somebody said 43. And I said, that's ah, too old for me. He, he was 39 at the time. But I was like, mm-hmm. ah, it's too old for me. Dismissed it, moved on. Wasn't even going to think about it. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 32. I'm about to turn 33. So there's about a seven year difference. But so I was like, mm, no. Somebody was like, he's in his life saying how beautiful you are. I was like, oh, that's really sweet. So I followed him back. What a guy. I mean, he really, like, he's not shy with sharing what he thinks. And (laughs) everyone kind of has to go learn that on on their own, like, and find the video where they go to Mexico and he gets drinks with Randy. I just want to recommend that video because it it gives me a really good, that's when I was like, oh, Curtis. Oh, Curtis. He's such a people person. He can talk to anybody. He's very charismatic. It's weird because he's like an extrovert and introvert 
over at the same time. What's your birthday? You said coming up. May 13th. May 13th. My husband's May 11th. So you're a Taurus. Yeah. yeah. And then what's Curtis? And Aries. What's his birthday? It just... March 25th. Got it. Okay. So we have a very strong Aries household. I, my moon's in Aries. It's got a lot of fire in this household. You have a busy household. Yeah. Kobe's in Aries. Right so like everybody around me, but I love like my moon. So that's my emotions. So like your moon signs, they're your emotions, your mood, all of that internal stuff is an air. Mine's an Aries. Mm. Like I'm very attracted to his like outward personality, which is your, your sun signs, your personality. Right. I'm very attracted to that. It's very calming to me because it mm-hmm. understands me too. So like mm-hmm. he understood me faster than anyone has ever. Like I was so scared talking to them at him at the beginning because he was asking me really deep questions. What happened with that relationship? It's intense, sir. You just started yeah. texting me a day ago, but he was like, <laughs> want to know everything. And so then I'm like sending book paragraphs. So I feel like I have to explain myself. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, okay. And I'd be like, is it? We're good? I don't. <laughs> no, I, I'm like that too, though. I just, I like to just know a lot of things about people yeah. and just like understand you fully yeah. so that I know how to communicate with you and all those things. And that's why a podcast is a good format versus me, my natural form of interrogation when I meet people, which, you know, can be off putting. (laughs) So this, I think it was this morning. It might've been last night. I saw it this morning. You posted a pretty vulnerable video, I think about how Curtis called you. He's in Japan right now. You're, you just moved in. You're the stay at home mom. (laughs) Out of the blue. And anyway, so he called you. And can you tell us about that post this he morning? Called, and before we started, I was like, hey. And he was like, hey. So I, first of all, let me just start by telling. And so it was that. That was the trigger, I think. Because I was like, first of all, what's going to come next? But he was like, first of all, I just want to tell you, I love you so much. I miss you. You are the best girlfriend ever. You're one of the most amazing women. Like just kept going. He was like, I just really needed you to know how much I love you. And he always tells me I'm beautiful. Every day he tells me I'm beautiful. So then he said that too. I said, is that it? And he was like, did I not say enough? <laughs> like, he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, usually there's a, but and he was like, there's no, but I just wanted to tell you, I appreciate you. And I really like, I love you. And I'm, it's because like, I'm here and I'm watching his kids on his week and I'm picking up everything for him. And I don't think he's had anyone ever do that for him. And so I think he's falling more in love while he's away from me. But like he had this intense moment where he was just trying to tell me he loved me, but I had a trigger. And I all of a sudden was waiting for him to tell me I did something wrong. Like, I love you, first of all, you great, but don't do this anymore. Or I don't want you to do that or something that I did wrong. And so I was just waiting for it. And he was like, no, like, this is all that. I just wanted to tell you that. And I was like, oh my God. I love that story because your trauma response was to wait for the shoe to drop, to have the high love. And then also you're a piece of shit, for lack of a better word. And that juxtaposition of how your brain went there and then how he brought it back to safety for you. And then you allowed him to bring it back to safety. Like you could have also lingered in that trauma response. It just, it spoke to me a lot. And I think a lot of women are scared to, open up after abuse, physical, mental, emotional, all of it. I'm just wondering, how do you deal with things that you've picked up out of fear along the way? So to protect yourself, you know, is just knowing your triggers really helpful? So I've done a lot of self-reflection and I'm still working on understanding what is a trauma response versus what is a gut feeling. Mm. So in the relationship before this, I was getting a lot of gut feelings and I kept denying them. I was like, no, it's a trauma response. No, this is a trauma response. No, it's just because I have trauma. And I kept trying Mm. to blame that, but it was a gut feeling and I, I had it and I know the feeling. 
it's very real. It's very physical for me at this point. Like I said, I'm very into my body. I know it. I get that heavy chest and that burning. It goes like right up here. And it's like a knot in my throat. I know something is wrong when those things happen. And it's not just a quick, like usually my trauma response or like a quick, more less physical, more just reaction. When it's a gut feeling like the universe is giving me some sort of sign, I can feel it in my body and I'm learning the difference in the feelings. And so that's helped a lot. So with that one, I learned it. And now with him, like I, we had one in Mexico, it wasn't him. It was, was a trauma response because, but I would, I started to make myself think something, but instead of that heavy chest, I did have the ball in my throat because I wanted to say something. So usually I get that if I want to say something, but I feel like I can't. Your throat chakra gets like blocked. It goes up so fast. Mm-hmm. And it, that, that is one of my trauma responses, that part, because in past I couldn't communicate my feelings without getting in trouble. Right. So it's fear and it'll immediately lock up. The burning is my, my gut feeling feeling my that mm-hmm. just that burning is that gut feeling I get but I had that my palms were sweaty he has told me some of his and it's like walking away in the middle of a conversation he does not like that and we've spoke mm-hmm. about it so I try very hard to make sure that I let him finish whatever even like we don't need to be fighting but if he's trying to tell me something even then like he doesn't like mm-hmm. if I just walk away which I'm yeah. ADHD or ADD yeah so I do it a lot and he'll make sure to be like hey remember I don't like that like, oh God, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Finish first. And then I'll do that. Like, but we like communicate. We're able to openly be like, nope, that's one of them. I didn't like that. And it's the same thing. So in Mexico, I did that on accident. Mm. He was trying to film a TikTok for me, but he was messing up. So I was like, you know what? Never mind. Mm. And I walked away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then he got in his and he just gets quiet. All the things that you're talking about in a relationship. I've been with my husband for six years and Mm. we really have just, you know, we've, come so far together, but like the two of you have explored these difficulties that normally, I mean, you've been together for what, four or five months. Yeah. Like that's still the honeymoon phase for most people where you're like, just sweeping things under the rug or you're getting into a fight and then you're scared. It's not going to work out. Like instead of, you know, the blow up fights, you're coming back together. Okay. What I do wrong. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have walked away and gotten frustrated that the TikTok wasn't going well. I know it's silly, but I mean, I relate to that sort of a, no, and that's what we did. Like he walked away and then he came back and he's really quiet. And that's when I started, like my throat started getting full. Cause I was like, Oh, we're going to have to talk about this. Cause mm-hmm. I don't like you're quiet, quiet, quiet makes me nervous when people right. get quiet. So then he walked away and he was on the phone for a little bit with one of his coworkers or no, I think it was his best friend Gorman. He's on the phone with, and then he was just sitting over far away from me. So I was like, Nope, we're not going to do this. So I got up and I walked over there and I was like, what's going on? I was like, I'm going to communicate my feelings with you because I can't leave them right here. And so mm-hmm. I did, I was like, I don't like when you get quiet. It makes me very uncomfortable. It makes me like overcritical of what I've done. And I start to fall back into that spiral and I can't do that. So you asked for help. Yeah. And so then when he realized it was him getting quiet and he he said, that's what I do, but I'm going to work on it. And he apologized. He's like, I would never want you to feel like it was anything between us. Like, and we just, and we, we both dang near cried and hugged and we were good. I I've been saying lately that when you're in a healthy relationship, fighting is normal. But I have found recently with my husband, because our fights have become so healthy, like they're whatever, that they are more reparative than they are damaging. Like that come together after when you make up because like you said, sorry, you said, sorry. And I'm like, I love you. You, Like, this is great. I'm so glad we dug deeper and came up reemerged. So it's just, I mean, the fact that you guys are doing this in four or five months, I think just really speaks to 
I don't, I don't necessarily think longevity of a relationship ever matters, but really the quality of the relationship that you're in currently, which is the important thing. Yeah. Like that's what it's about. So I'm so happy for you to be in this part of your journey and continue to watch you soar. I don't want to take a minute more of your time, (laughs) but thank you for being here. My final question is, do you think everything happens for a reason? Yes. (laughs) Keep it at that. Thank you, Kelsey. We'll put all your info below. I know all of my humans are going to love your queen energy that you put out. And thank you for unknowingly hyping me up these last few months. And I'm rooting for you. I'm in your corner forever. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.